welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Well, hello, Thriver, and Happy New Year. It's my hope and prayer that this year, 2024, or whenever you're listening to this, that you will thrive in your walk with the Lord and that you will thrive in your relationships and that you will thrive in your mental health. Ultimately, it's my heart. It's the heart of this podcast. Real people, real talk that you will be all that God has called you to be and that you will live in purpose. This year, I am committing to doing bi-monthly episodes, meaning that you will receive an episode from me every other week. And I may throw in a few bonus episodes here and there. But as for now, this is a plan for 2024. So just want to give you a heads up for that. And also thank you so much for listening. Um, Secondly, I had the chance to look at the stats of the podcast. And I wanted to give a shout out to the top five countries that I have the most listeners in. Coming in at number five is Germany. Number four, we have Australia. And number three, the United Kingdom. Number two, India. And number one, the United States of America. And man, I'm I'm truly humbled and honored to say that this is an international podcast. And all of that glory goes to God for his favor on this ministry endeavor. And with that being said, here we are at season five, episode one. I appreciate you so much for listening, whether you started listening in season one way back in 2020 or you're listening today for the very first time or anywhere in between. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's topic is spiritual warfare, and it's an appropriate topic at the start of this year, as many of you may have already been praying and planning and goal setting for this year. It's important. It's vital it's essential that you are aware of what's going on beyond what our eyes are seeing and let me start with a quote from godquestions.org as we dive into this topic there are two primary errors when it comes to spiritual warfare overemphasis and underemphasis some blame every sin every conflict every problem on demons that need to be cast out others completely ignore the spiritual realm and the fact that the Bible tells us that our battle is against spiritual powers. The key to successful spiritual warfare is finding biblical balance End quote. A sermon like this matters because there is a lot at stake. We need to be aware of the opposition as well as the tools available to us when it comes to spiritual warfare, because listen, my friend, there is an unseen battle. That's taking place around us every moment between God's holy angels and the forces of darkness. Another quote designed by Pastor Tony Evans, and this is what he says about the devil. Like an opposing figure, his demonic realm watches our game film. They know your history. They know your weak spots. They know your sin patterns. Their goal is to keep you from experiencing God's will for your life. This quote speaks to the gravitas. It speaks to the seriousness of spiritual warfare and knowing about it, knowing what it is and knowing how to deal with it. And it's crucial that every believer understands that he or she is in a spiritual battle. So here's where we're going in our time today. Number one, I want to talk about the participants 
of spiritual warfare. So we're going to talk about angels, demons, and the devil. Secondly, we're going to talk about preparing for spiritual warfare. In other words, how do we engage in battle? And thirdly, of course, we're going to have some practical application is I want to give you keys to success. First, we have angels. Let's define them. Angels are members of an order of heavenly beings who are superior to human beings in power and intelligence. Angels, they are real and they play a vital part in God's plan for the world. Some of their roles include giving messages to God's people, praising and worshiping God, providing protection for God's people, and even carrying out judgment. Now, reading the Bible, all 66 books who have the New Testament, the Old Testament, we only know the names of two angels in the Bible. First, we have Michael, who is an archangel. And then secondly, we have Gabriel, who delivered messages. And his most famous message was to Mary, in which he announced the birth of Jesus. And so that's a, that's a quick definition of who angels are. And I just want to debunk two myths when it comes to angels before I move on. Um Angels, you know, despite what you may see in Hollywood, despite what you may see in culture and in art, angels are not plump babies with harps right in the clouds. As a matter of fact, angels in art today are normally, you know, don't have a good biblical portrayal. And secondly, contrary to popular belief, we do not become angels when we die. There's no evidence of that in scripture. We do receive a glorified body, though. And so that's just a snapshot of of angels, one of the participants of spiritual warfare. And on the opposite side, we have demons, which are fallen angels that have rebelled against God and they were thrown out of heaven. Demons, they follow Satan. That's their leader. And they do battle with angels in an attempt to hinder God's plan and to hinder God's people. And then the chief demon himself, Satan, the devil, and that name Satan means adversary. And this is a fallen angel that led a rebellion against God. He and the fallen angels that are known as demons were cast out of heaven for their rebellion. Now, Satan, he's an enemy of God, an enemy of God's people and the enemy of all things good. Satan. Now, he hates us because we are God's creation and we have something that he cannot have. And that is redemption as his fate is already sealed. And other names for him include slanderer, false accuser, the wicked one, the ruler of this world. Now, although Satan is a current foe and a powerful foe, he is a defeated foe. Oh, I feel like preaching. Although Satan is a current and powerful foe, he is a defeated foe. Christ's finished work on the cross is the basis for Satan's final defeat, which will take place. After Christ's second return and when he throws Satan into the lake of fire. Now, let me break this down. Satan and his demons should not be feared, but we should be aware of them, of their tactics and their plots. And let me debunk more myths here. And one myth I want to debunk is one about Satan. Often in Hollywood, he is portrayed as something that's big and red and ugly and may have a tail or may have a pitchfork. We don't see evidence of that in the Bible. And so we got to be aware that sometimes the devil will show up as something that's attractive or something that's deceptive, or something that may be beautiful, trying to deceive us through lust and through pride, just to name a few. But I just want you to be aware. So that was a snapshot of some of the participants of spiritual warfare. 
the angels, the demons, and Satan. And of course, we know God Almighty is powerful over everything. All right. Next, I want to talk about preparing for spiritual warfare. In other words, how do we engage in battle? Let's go to God's word because it gives us the game plan for victory. Ephesians chapter six, verse 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This passage confirms the existence of spiritual warfare. It confirms the existence of our enemy. It confirms the existence of the invisible world. Now, listen and listen well. We have a real enemy whose life mission, his goal, his purpose is to steal, kill and destroy. That's from the Bible. John 10, 10. The enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But I come that you may have life and life more abundant. Now, as believers on God's team, it's wise It's in your best interest to expect opposition. In other words, we shouldn't be surprised when things don't go our way. We shouldn't be surprised when we face spiritual attacks. Now, the scripture I just read, I want you to zoom in on the word scheme. This points to the cunning and crafty yet deceptive but structured plans and plots of the devil. Now, let's take a closer look at the schemes of spiritual warfare. Now, Satan He will do whatever he can and use whoever he can to get you to fall into temptation and to sin against God. I got to say that one more time. The devil, as we are engaged in spiritual warfare, you need to be aware that he would do whatever he can and use whoever he can to get you to fall into temptation and get you to sin against God and to get out of the will of God. His ultimate goal is to get you to disobey God. And to turn your back on him. In addition to temptation, other tools that the enemy would use includes false religions. We got to be aware of that. False doctrine, heresy, anything that gets us away from the unadulterated truth of God's word. Now, another scheme the devil uses is division in the church. Yeah, let's talk about it. Maybe he can't get you to do this sin or that sin but he can sow seeds of discord in your home and in God's house. Satan more than anything as it relates to spiritual warfare and being in opposition against God. He desires to silence the gospel and he will attack our faith and attempt to plant seeds of doubt because he can't be redeemed. He doesn't want others to experience the redemption that's found in Christ alone. Now the enemy, he's smart I like to say it like this, that the enemy uses whispers instead of shouts. In other words, he won't shout at you and say, leave God or go commit adultery. But he will whisper and say, oh, it's okay to skip church today. It's okay to skip church again today. I don't worry about it. You don't have to pray today. You don't have to read your Bible today and just say that to you on a daily basis. Or he'll whisper and say that movie or that song is not that bad. Or a little sin will hurt. But let me tell you this. Sin will always take you farther than you want to go. Sin will always keep you longer than you want to be kept. Sin will always cost you more than what you want to pay. So beware 
of the whispers and the small seeds that eventually grow into destructive weeds in the garden of life. You got to be on guard. Guard your eye gates, guard your ear gates. Be careful of the things that you allow into your heart by way of the things that you watch and listen to. Amen. Now, we're still in Ephesians 6, but this time we're going with verses 13 through 17. Therefore, take up the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, these verses introduce us to our divine arsenal six essential pieces of spiritual armor with which god equips you to resist and overcome satan's assaults all of them let's talk about it the armor of god first we have the belt of truth now soldiers back then they wore loose fitting clothing which will be very dangerous in hand-to-hand combat so the belt when you put on the belt it tightens up the loose ends for battle In the same way, the belt of truth tightens up the spiritual loose ends in our lives. So I feel like preaching as time marches forward. Our culture, our society continues to shift towards false doctrines and heresies. Now, more than ever, we need the belt of truth. Amen. We need the belt of truth to combat the lies of the enemy and the lies I'm going to give you a few few of them, more whispers, if you will. He'll lie to us and say, oh, the Bible isn't relevant today. The devil is a lie. The the relevancy of the Bible has always been and will always be. He'll whisper more lies and say, oh, you've gone too far in the wrong direction. You might as well keep going. The devil is a lie. There's mercy. And when you repent, turn back to God. He'll be there waiting for you. The devil will continue to lie and say everyone beliefs are true. He'll say things like God is not really good. Therefore, you can't really trust him. Or he'll whisper more lies and say, God doesn't hear your prayers. Let me be very clear. These are all lies. And you need to take hold of the word of God, the truth of God, and put on the belt of truth. Secondly, we have the breastplate of righteousness. Now, a breastplate, it shields the warrior's vital organs. All right. From fatal blows. The righteousness that we have is of Christ and has been imputed to us by God. Hear this. We receive that by faith. And this guards our hearts against the accusations and the charges of Satan. And it secures our innermost beings from his spiritual attacks. In other words, we put on the breastplate of righteousness by seeking God, by pursuing righteousness, by holy living, walking in obedience and ultimately accepting the righteousness that has been imputed to us from Christ. Hear this. If you are not walking in righteousness, if you are not pursuing purity, if you are not aiming to live a holy and godly life and you're walking in the flesh, it will leave your vital parts open and susceptible to the weapons of the enemy. So that was a belt of truth. Number one. Number two, the breastplate of righteousness. And thirdly, we have 
as shoes for your feet, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace pertains to the good news that through Christ, believers are at peace with God and he is on our side. This piece of the armor, it speaks to the expectation and the responsibility of every single believer to share the gospel. This is a most powerful weapon against spiritual warfare, because as you share the good news with others, they can come to know and serve Jesus and escape the grips of the kingdom of darkness. So never stop telling people about Jesus. Keep sharing the gospel. Keep sharing your faith. Keep pointing others to Christ. Fourthly, we have the shield of faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. This type of shield in those days, as we're talking about the Roman soldier, it was as large as a door and it would cover the warrior entirely. It provided a blanket of protection and served as the first barrier against the enemy's attack. Satan attacks can sometimes cause us to doubt God, but faith, the shield of faith prompts us to believe God. We give into temptation when we believe that what the devil has to offer is better than what God has promised. And that's a lie. Faith is so important that Jesus told Peter and he said that I prayed for you, Peter, and I pray that your faith fail you not. Listen, my friend, when you believe God and you take him at his word, we remain grounded in truth and the lies of the enemy lose their power and we become overcomers because we have the shield of faith. Now, the fifth part of the spiritual arsenal is the helmet of salvation. A lot of spiritual warfare happens between our ears and our mind. Now, a helmet was vital for survival and protecting the brain. If the head was badly damaged, the rest of the armor will be of little use. The assurance of salvation is our defense against the enemy and against anything that he throws against us. Now, Satan, as we're talking about spiritual warfare here, he would try to plant seeds of doubt and discouragement about our salvation. But those that have placed their faith in Christ can be assured of their security in Christ Jesus. Amen. Also, when you're under spiritual attack, you can always say, you know, when you're a believer, you can always say at the end of the day. It is well with my soul and that, my friend, is the assurance of salvation and that's peace. So I want to encourage you to keep an eternal perspective as our salvation is the most precious gift that we have received. Keeping our eyes on that can help us to weather the storms of life and will help us to be prepared for battle. Now, let's talk about how to put it on, how to put on the helmet of salvation. Let me read for you Romans 12 two. do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable and what is perfect. This passage, it instructs us to renew our minds by allowing the truth of God's word to wipe out anything that's contrary to it and to adopt God's perspective, put on the whole arm of God, put on the helmet of salvation. In other words, how do we put it on? God's word 
must have the final say in our lives. Not our opinions, not culture, not politics, but God's word. Amen. And as we wear the helmet of salvation every day, our minds will become more insulated against the suggestions, the desires and the traps that the enemy lays for us. Let me say it like this. Please don't allow the devil to have your mind. And the final piece of the arm of God is a sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is the ultimate weapon. As Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The purpose of the sword of the spirit, the Bible is to make us strong. that We will be able to withstand the evil onslaughts of our nefarious nemesis known as Satan. The more we know and understand God's word, the more prepared that we going to be when it comes time for spiritual warfare, when it comes time for battle. All right. Now, the sword of the spirit is used both for offense and defense. On defense, we use it to protect ourselves against Satan's attack. And our offense, it will help us to destroy the enemy's strategies. For example, Jesus, our best and brightest example, when he was under spiritual attack and being tempted by the devil, he used the sword of the spirit. He used the word. He countered every temptation by saying it is written. And we can do the same thing today. So when the enemy try to attack you with fear, you can say it is written in second Timothy one, seven for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. That is the sword of the spirit. When the enemy try to tell you that you are alone, you can use the sword of the spirit and say it is written in Hebrews 13 and five. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. When the enemy tempts you with doubt, Use the sword of the spirit and respond by saying it is written in Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. Use the sword of the spirit, my friend. And that, my friend, is how we prepare for spiritual warfare. That's how we put on the whole armor of God. Now, I'll conclude with keys to success in spiritual warfare. Number one. In addition to the arm of God, you also need to pray continuously. The Bible says praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints because of the nature and the consistency of spiritual warfare. We cannot afford to take a day off or to go days without connecting to God in prayer and in the word. We must always be on guard and we must always be alert. So number one, always pray and be alert. The second key to success in spiritual warfare is this. You must submit and resist. And here's what I mean. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves. Therefore, to God, resist the devil and he will flee. If you submit, he will flee. And thirdly. Know that the victory is already yours. Come on now. When you read the end of the book, the Bible, you see that we win. But you got to keep fighting. You got to keep fighting 
the good fight of faith. We do not fight for victory, but we fight from a place of victory. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And the Bible also declares in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So once again, we are in a fixed fight. We have the victory. Amen and amen. So that was a snapshot of spiritual warfare. And as you go into this new year, I want you to be aware so that you can have the victory. And my friend, if you like what you heard today, be sure to share this episode with a few friends. But until next time, go be all that God has called you to be. And remember this, you already have the victory. Keep fighting.